Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Your Brain. This podcast is produced by Fortin Horseman. Fortin Horseman also produces other content such as movies, other podcasts, and streaming content. When you get the chance, please subscribe to Fortin Horseman on YouTube and never miss another piece of content that we create again. You can also follow Fortin Horseman on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. This will help us make better and more episodes for you guys to consume. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok if you don't want your brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zacky the Zombie. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at feedowentyourbrain at gmail.com. And if you have the means, please consider donating on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash feedowentyourbrain. We need as much help as we can in order to continue creating content for you guys, the audience. And as always, thank you immensely for listening to Feed Don't Your Brain. Please stay safe and stay sane. Enjoy the show. is not valued till sickness comes. Thomas Fuller. The Walking Dead, Season 4, Episode 2. Infected. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Be Don't Eat Your Brain, and I'm Zach Ballard. And I'm Alina. I got Alina on this one, uh, just cause, you know, you know she's my waifu, and, uh, she does the ones that other people don't want to do. <laughs> and so, uh, this one... Other people are just busy. People are just busy. Know. We're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I keep saying I'm gonna get my life together, and then, you know, some stuff happens. We went to Vernal last weekend, and so... And so uh, my family. Yeah. And so, it's a little, life's a little hectic right now, but we're getting through it. We're still creating content. Um, so Alina... Um, I mentioned this last episode, but Alina made some predictions of who's going to die uh-huh. and already got three of them right. Yeah. Uh, you got Zach right, you got uh-huh. Patrick right, and you got Tyrese's girlfriend. Yeah. Right. But you, but Alina also predicted the governor, Beth, and Herschel were mm-hmm. going to die. And so we'll see if they die this season. I think they're going to die by the end of the season. Dang. Although, did you know how I picked out the first three so easily? How? They introduced them and gave them a certain level of uh, importance, mm. um, like establishing a relationship that they had with a main character mm. without giving them plot armor. Yeah. And so, like, it was... Their really... dialogue also wasn't the best either. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. it's really easy to look at them and be like, you d- you don't have any plot armor. Well, you can, you can also tell by the way the character is, mm-hmm. is like, oh, is this, like, an interesting character I would like to see? I thought Zach was pretty interesting, um, but like the other the other two, they were kind of like, eh, uh-huh. you know. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you know who was super interesting but didn't last very long? Who? Uh, the girl in the first episode that uh, Rick comes across in the forest. Oh yeah. Everything about her was so interesting, mm-hmm. like her face. The dirt on her clothes, the way her hair was hanging, the way she talked. Yeah, but you could also tell like, she was going to die soon, too. Yeah, the, well, and, yeah, there was, like, something really interesting about her, but it almost gave you a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I want to talk about how interesting it is that they added this additional sickness 
that isn't the zombie virus because yeah. like they're always worried about the zombie virus and these things but there's other sicknesses as well that you have to deal with as well yeah you know and i, I just think that's interesting that you that's that's just another layer onto it and also you mentioned before like it makes things dangerous in the walking dead universe mm -hmm. when people just die yeah because then they get reanimated anyway yeah you know like they it wasn't like they had a breach in the wall mm -hmm. it was literally like someone got sick on the inside Mm -hmm. And it left to how many deaths? Like over two a whole dozen. Block. Like there yeah. were only a few people in that block that survived. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is really realistic, and it's cool to play with that idea in a zombie apocalypse mm -hmm. because it wouldn't just be the zombies. You'd have to worry about infections, um, unclean water, yeah, um, even like mosquito bites, unclean like animals. Like they thought it was coming from the pigs. Yeah. Um, they they never fully explain where it comes from because I don't think they know. Um, and they can't figure it out. I feel like they kind of... They kind of allude to a, a bunch of different things. Yeah. One of the zombies has, like, the eyes. Yeah, he had, like, the physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was And then at the beginning, someone's feeding rats to them. Yeah. No, I, I blamed that girl with the rats. You think it's the girl? Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, she didn't go and be like, I'm gonna make everyone sick. No, 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 no. But, like, something between feeding the rats... And, or, like, feeding the zombies the rats, and then, like, some type of con contamination transferring between people. Mm hmm Yeah. Um, or, and some, and Her I think Herschel also mentioned the pigs, which is why they decided, well, one reason they decided to kill the pigs was because the zombies were breaking through the fence, yeah, and Rick had to distract them, them. And, but I also think, like, Herschel mentioned that they were getting, like, swine flu or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said it was a possibility of swine flu. Um... Speaking of the pigs, mm -hmm. the sound of pigs squealing... It's so bad. It's such an unsettling sound. I don't think pigs ever squeal out of enjoyment. No. Um, if they do, it doesn't sound any different. I think it's just because it sounds like screaming. Yeah. It, it sounds too human. Mm. Like, it sounds like it might... It could be It sounds be like human. inhuman, but, like, it could be human yeah. as well. Yeah. And, yeah, the the squealing pigs was just so unsettling. I'm really mm -hmm. glad when they made the choice um, audibly to uh, mute the pig sounds and then um, do an overlay of music. Yeah. I think, I think like, the pig dilemma is such an interesting thing because, like, it showed, like, Rick, he felt bad about it because, like, he, he had to sacrifice this thing to keep the, to keep the area safe. Yeah. You know? And I think that's such an interesting thing, like, um... Like, times, I mean, you know, we have to sacrifice our time and energy to, like, make money and, like, give ourselves, make sure that we stay alive, you know? Yeah. And, like, everything's always, like, a give and take. But, like, the, the circumstances are so much harsher in this world. Yeah. That you have to sacrifice a lot more, but you gain a lot more, I think. You think you gain more in the zombie mm. apocalypse? Maybe not. But, like, I mean, he, kept, he keeps his land, at least. Do they really keep their land, though? It seems like... For the moment, I mean, yeah. Well, they had Herschel's farm, mm -hmm. so they had land, but then they lost the land. Mm -hmm. And then, like, if the... I mean, I don't know exactly how it happens, but I know when I was watching you watch the latest season, they definitely weren't at the prison yeah. anymore. So it means that they've, like... They keep having to move on. Like, everything they have is so temporary. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm gonna push back on that idea. Yeah, I mean, maybe they don't gain more, 
But I think every time you sacrifice something, you you end up like gaining something more, at least in the future, even if it's not immediate. Because um, well, yeah, I mean, like if the zombies broke through the wall or the fence, then they probably all would have been overrun and yeah. would have had to leave way sooner. I feel like um, that's usually the case for sacrifices that we consciously make. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I think about sacrifice for the greater good as like some, an internal choice that needs to be made and it's not an easy choice. Mm -hmm. um, but I know, I know in my heart that it's going to lead to better outcomes mm -hmm. where sometimes like sacrifices are forced upon you that you necessarily don't choose. Um, sometimes th those can still be good. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was thinking about like being forced out of our first apartment. Mm -hmm. Like that seemed like a sacrifice that we didn't willingly no. make, but I'm much happier in the apartment that we live in now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you know, with the cars that we've had to sacrifice, <laughs> uh -huh. um, I wish that we could have taken preventative measures mm. to not have sacrifice to a little bit of money yes yeah, so that we don't have to spend a lot of money in the future yeah. to fix the cars yeah, yeah. I don't, I but we're learning there, yeah i think there needs to be a level of consciousness mm -hmm. to consider it a sacrifice mm. yeah that's a good point um and like also like we just started going to the gym together mm -hmm. i started in january and then alina yeah. started coming with me i'm her trainer now yeah and, and he's a good trainer thanks um, um but i mean you sacrifice like you sacrifice some time. I sacrifice sleep. And comfort. I sacrifice I, so much comfort. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You're always sore. I'm in pain <laughs> every day. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Um, but I'm like I'm, yeah. It's a yeah. it's a sacrifice that I'm still learning how to make with a smile on my face. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a sacrifice that I'm making um, to have a healthier body and yeah. to um, add longevity to my life. Yeah. And, and it does get easier and it does get better. I think the more you sacrifice it, I, I can't wait till it's better because I'm still <laughs> struggling to go every yeah. day, but it's, it's all good. Um, do you think everyone is ripped to a certain level in the zombie? They're definitely skinny. Like, I don't yeah. think unless you have like another issue, like if you like have like a thyroid problem uh -huh. or unless like you, you're one of the lucky ones that like got picked up by a group and mm -hmm. taken care of from the beginning. Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone would be skinny, especially like in Rick, like everyone's skinny in Rick's group. You do yeah. meet a few plus size people later uh -huh. on. Um, I actually saw a clip of, of one Negan treats like, ah! uh, but, um, later on, but, um, yeah, like I, I think that unless you got really lucky, you're going to be skinny. Yeah. I wouldn't say necessarily ripped. You're not going to be muscular. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess what I was thinking is, um, I mean, it's also because they're actors, too, mm -hmm. but, like, no one looks super emaciated, mm -hmm. um, and I wonder if returning to a more natural uh, diet, that, like, hunter-gatherer diet, and, like, being very nomadic and walking everywhere... Might lead to a longer lifespan. Yeah. Except for the fact that they don't have modern medicine mm -hmm. and they're constantly being hunted by the undead. Or by people. Or by other people. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Do, I think it depends that, on your situation. Yeah. Like, and it also depends on your body. Like, Tyrese, he's still a pretty big guy. Yeah. And it's only been a year. Like, he's not going to lose all that mass immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
like I don't think I would lose my mass mm-hmm. in a zombie. But like I might, I'll probably lose like a lot of fat, but I don't think I'd lose my mass. I don't know. I'm just big boned. Like there are comparison video, uh, not videos, pictures of W two, not W two, P O W, prisoners of war. Oh, uh, doing do- taxes makes you lose. Yeah, bro. <laughs> what? I mean, they both have a W in it. Doing taxes um, makes me want to gain weight because I eat because I'm so stressed. No, um, they show before and after mm. pictures of World War Two uh, POWs mm-hmm. once they're released. And it is insane how much muscle mass you mm. can lose yeah. just through, like, um, starvation. Yeah. Like, just getting the bare minimum. Interesting. So I... Because all of our skeletons... Do you think Tyrese and Abraham... You'll meet Abraham later, but uh, do you think they would lose muscle mass? Yeah, if they, like, in the right conditions... Not in the right... Not like it's good, but in in the wrong conditions, mm-hmm. where very limited food, very limited space to. Yeah. I mean, people in Survivor too. And, yeah. Like Tony, he yeah. lost so much mass. Um, and we don't think about it a lot, mm-hmm. but our musculature makes up so much of how our body is shaped. Mm-hmm. Really, on the inside, our skeletal structure is so similar. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's skeletons are roughly like the same mm-hmm. um you know that there might be a difference in like proportions with like the torso and the legs hats might but, be bigger or smaller yeah, but like it's the musculature it's mm-hmm. how our muscles um are you know sculpted or, or, or how our hat fat hangs mm-hmm. that really creates so many different body types so yeah yeah i think i think if you're on a starving diet you could become skeletal mm. even with how meaty you are yeah yeah um, so I wanted to talk about like the, the quarantining aspect of the sick people. Yeah. And I thought they did it like really well. Like the minute someone was sick, they're like, you got to go quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like we can't be sick, you know? Yeah. And you know, I felt like everyone, you know, everyone was pretty on board with it. I just thought it was interesting. Like how we grew up not really quarantining until COVID, Yeah. you know, which was kind of dumb. Yeah. Really like, dumb. And now people Dude, are kind you, of getting out of that, but I'm like, no, if you're sick, you should stay if home. If you are sick, do not be around other people. Yeah, or don't make people come to your house. Yeah, isolate yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I always I mean, hate that whenever I go to someone's house and someone is sick. Yeah. I'm like, why'd you tell me? Yeah, like, why didn't you tell dude, me? Drink it up. Yeah. Um, oh, I just lost my... I mean, like, quarantining, because everyone was doing it, it was pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Like, when the entire world or basically all the first world countries are quarantining <coughs> mm-hmm. like there was a lot of loneliness and a lot of like um you know people not getting their needs met mm-hmm. from socializing yeah um and i understand like that was really hard and people don't want to go back to that again but like if you start off like oh i have a cough and i'm sneezing I'm going to wear a mask. I'm yeah. going to use hand sanitizer. I'm going to stay or I'm home. Gonna stay home. Yeah. It's going to like stop it from getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I just thought I should bring that up. Um, so we're going to see them wearing masks. In no, the... oh, okay. I'm, I don't think I've ever I guess seen like them. they don't maybe have yeah. masks available. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let, let's talk about the girls. Okay. A little bit. The two uh, little girls. The two little girls and how their dad got bit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, first Carol was like, we got to amputate, amputate your arm. Yeah. She's like, let me pull you over. And he's got, got in the back of the neck. Yeah. And so and this is where I start disliking Carol. Um, because 
like I get I get why she's doing it, but mm-hmm. she I feel like she caused a ton of trauma for those little girls by basically giving them the knife. You gotta you gotta kill your dad now. Mm. You gotta kill your dad now. Like that's insane to expect a child to do that. Yeah. Like they like if they continue to live in this world, they're gonna learn that it's yeah. important by just watching it, you know? And I feel like Car like Rick and Lori kept Carl pretty, like, didn't want Carl to grow up too quickly, Mm -hmm. but because Carl was just observant and observing what was happening, he grew up anyway. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the little girls would do, but Carol is trying to force them to grow up too too quickly, I think. Yeah, I I see both sides of it. I see, like, I I fully support uh, censorship when it comes to children. Mm -hmm. Like, forcing another adult to censor, like, um, or... No, I need to reword that. Um, trying to censor another grown adult's experience, mm-hmm. I think, is um, kind of out of your place. Yeah. You know, you should like, let Like, adults decide. can censor themselves. Yeah, adults can choose. Like, there are things that I choose to, uh, mm-hmm. like, censor myself from. Because I know yeah. I don't want to view it or yeah. listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I give that right to every other adult. Mm-hmm. But I, I fully, I do support uh, censoring children from violence and other graphic content yeah. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. There are some people out there... Um, that censor too much. That censor too much. Like, sometimes children books are banned from libraries, you know, like parents call and send an angry note mm-hmm. uh, because the book will talk about death. Mm-hmm. Like, a grandparent died, a dog died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, like, the sooner you're able to introduce it um, to a kid... You know, don't th- there there are tactful ways to do yeah. it, but some, and there's also levels like yeah, depending levels. on how old they are. Like you're like you're not going to talk about death the same way you talk about it like around a teenager. Yeah. The same way you talk about it around like a four year old. Yeah, but I I think that like, um, if the child is old enough to ask questions about it, like you can give them some sort of answer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's appropriate for their age. Their age to explain the concept of death to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the, this is where I changed to be on like Carol's side with the world that they are in, where this has become the new normal, the, like, this is the nature of things. Mm-hmm. I understand Carol wanting to, um, prepare them for it and like sure. talk to them about it. it. It's a little much to ask a child to like have their first kill be, be their, their dad. dad. But, That's crazy. Yeah, but I, I, I see both sides of it. I, I think the the best thing Carol, like what I would have done in Carol's situation, is I would have, um, I would have like taken them out of the room. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, hey, Daryl, go watch these. I'm gonna take care of this. Yeah. And you know, and like, and then after it was all said and done, I would have like gone out to the girls and I would have talked to them. I would have been like, hey. Um, I had to kill your dad Mm -hmm. because if I didn't, he was going to turn into a walker and could potentially hurt you guys. Do you think though that Carol is thinking if I had treated, if I had started this with Sophia, Sophia would still be alive? Yeah. She's like, Um, she's like imprinting Sophia onto those two girls. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is like, she a lot of regret. She's like, if I had done, a, if I hadn't sheltered Sophia, mm-hmm. if I had started like training her in weaponry and self-defense and like how to kill walkers 
she would still be alive right now. Yeah. And I think that is her motivation for pushing yeah. these girls so hard. Yeah, I agree. I think that is definitely Carol's motives, you know. And I didn't realize that until this rewatch through. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't make me dislike her even less in this season. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Okay, um, speaking of the girls, I want to talk about uh, um, Lizzie believing that walkers are people. And I talked about this with Dallin, but I think it's a trauma response. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like, um, and like, I, and I think, like, if her dad turned into a walker, like, she wouldn't have, like, she would have tried to stop Carol, mm -hmm. but because he was dead and was gonna turn, yeah. like, she didn't, yeah. you know? It's like the reanimation, she doesn't have that connection in her head, because mm -hmm. of, like, trauma and stuff. Yeah, I mean, know? she's, um, and like, it, it's known that childhood trauma can cause level of forgetfulness, mm -hmm. And so, if she is, if Lizzie, um, isn't, it's because of the trauma, she's not able to make that m mental connection mm -hmm. between this person was dead and now, like, this creature has risen. Mm -hmm. Like, she is just seeing a living person, a dead person, and another kind of living person mm -hmm. because they're walking and they're making noises. Yeah. And then she starts crying because she saw, like, that, like, they killed her friend. Yeah. Uh, which was just a walker. You know, I think that's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I was throwing so much, um, shade on her for being an idiot. Um, <laughs> but she's a but, little girl. But she is a little girl. And I think you're right. There is, um, there is a coping mechanism going on. Mm -hmm. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about Michonne being tentative towards holding Judith. Yeah. And like wanting to close herself off to that connection. Mm -hmm. But then like, it kind of goes back to when Maggie and Glenn were talking about having a kid. Yeah. Like, Michonne, like, it's alluding that Michonne had a baby. Yeah, definitely. And then the baby died. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if that was touched on again, but, um, like, it kind of goes back to, like, are, are we going to actually live or are we just going to try to survive? Mm -hmm. You know? And, like, Michonne was closing herself off, but then she realized how good of a thing it was yeah. that this child was there. Yeah. And, um, and then she was like, I'm going to be your mom one day, kid. Uh, but she didn't say that because she doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but she, I know. I know. But, yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything I, else you want to talk about? Um, no, not about Nishon and the baby. Okay. I think you, you covered it. Cool. Well. Cool. Well, that's all my notes. Um, so, uh, thank you for being on another episode, Alina. You're on the most episodes. Heck yeah. Um, aside from me uh but um all right well we'll be right back after a short musical interlude with a moral dilemma Since we're going to be parents together one day, Ooh. how would you parent a child in the zombie apocalypse? Um, so knowing my personality, mm -hmm. um, I would definitely try to shelter them. Mm. And I know I just had that whole spiel about like <laughs> protect, like 
teaching them self-defense and like keeping them alive mm -hmm. um i want i would want to uh shelter them as much as i could mm -hmm. in their early years yeah um and then maybe starting around maybe as early as like seven mm -hmm. start explaining the world to them yeah um and start teaching them early uh techniques of like self-defense yeah. and again but this is like this is every if everything was going according to plan yeah like i did have like a shelter and a space to shelter them mm -hmm. to um keep them from the outside world mm -hmm. um i feel like the thing that would be at the forefront of my mind while raising them is trying to help them maintain their humanity mm. and trying to figure out ways to um, make sure they don't lose their humanity. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I agree with you for the most part. I think, like, once they're, like, yeah, seven or eight, you start teaching them self-defense. Mm -hmm. You start teaching them gun safety. Yeah. You start teaching them, um, like, survival techniques. Because mm -hmm. um, the more the more you teach them and the earlier you teach them, the more it's going to stick. Yeah. And, like, because, like, you teach a kid not to cross, like, look both ways and cross the road. Mm -hmm. You teach a kid not to play on the road. You teach a kid, you know, don't talk to strangers. Yeah. You know, I think there are safety things that you can teach your kid mm -hmm. as early as they can talk. Yeah. And understand you. Um, but I do, I do think, like, I would try to shelter them from as much gore. Yeah. And from as much violence as possible. Yeah. Um, until, like, I wouldn't, like, go out looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would want them, if we were in, like, a sheltered area... I would probably start taking them out when they're teenagers yeah. to like go foraging and stuff. And then like, if stuff happened, that's a learning opportunity yeah. to teach them. I think like just like being in the moment with your child mm -hmm. and seeing like taking opportunities for daily life lessons mm -hmm. um, can be really beneficial because I mean, we don't have kids yet, but the lessons I know from, I remember from my parents, um, didn't come from, like, a very formal, like, sit down, I'm going to talk, you're going to listen. Mm -hmm. It came from, like, going walk on walks with my parents and them, like, saying their opinion about something and what mm -hmm. they think is right and wrong. Or, like, having a quiet moment with, like, my mom in my bedroom and my mom is saying, like, hey, you did this and I... I think that you could do better mm -hmm. um yeah yeah you know what's gonna be oh sorry go ahead um i was just gonna say like like if you're if you're forging with your kid and like two walkers would come up i'd be like okay like and it was just two yeah. i'd be like watch me do this mm -hmm. and i'd go up and stick it and I'd be like hey you gotta do this next one mm -hmm. and i'll be right behind you you're not gonna get bit but i want you to know what it's like yeah so that you can stay alive but like i obviously i don't think that's good for kids to learn like but yeah. teenagers sure yeah um you know what is gonna be hard though like not just in this imagined scenario but when you and i do have kids mm -hmm. is trying to teach them how to be safe and educating them about the world without giving them so much anxiety that is and a, fear that is a tr like a problem like you know, like fear of like being kidnapped yeah. fear of um so many things fear of dogs fears of fear of being outside fear of being alone fear of the dark like 
I, that's gonna be hard. I think that the biggest thing is to mask your fear as a parent. Yeah. Especially when they're kids. Like, if you, because if you're, if you're, like, afraid and yelling at them and, like, you know, then they're gonna be afraid. Yeah. You know, like, and, because kids, kids can feel the energy and so, like, I feel like if you, if you, like, immediately and abruptly, like, say, do never talk to strangers, like, that is not okay. Yeah. You know, but, like, if you, if you teach them in a confidence-based way, yeah. like, hey, this is what you do and if you do this, you will be safe. You will be okay. Yeah. I you wanna, know? I think maybe that's the key is like, mm -hmm. um, instead of teaching kids that they need to be fearful is teaching them how to feel empowered mm -hmm. in a situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be hard. We'll probably mm -hmm. make mistakes. We're going to traumatize our kids in some way. No, don't uh, say we're going <laughs> to traumatize them. We are going, don't. we are going to do, um, more than the best that we can. That's a really positive thing to think. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we're, and we're doing, we're trying to think more positively about money right now, mm -hmm. and, but, like, I feel like it was just instilled in us as kids, because our parents were afraid of money, to be afraid of money, mm. but instead of, like, thinking positively about money, and I think it's just, like, it, it depends on how your parents went about it, Yeah. you know? Yeah, and I, I think it goes back to that, like, we're trying to change our relationship with money, where we mm -hmm. feel like we're in in charge where mm -hmm. we have the power over money mm -hmm. um instead of the other way around where we're like bound by money mm -hmm. so a lot a lot of it can come down to just like changing your attitude towards something mm -hmm. and yeah. letting your child see that mm -hmm. yeah but uh do you want to talk about anything else nope i'm good all right cool well thank you guys for listening uh check out the twitch stream uh just check the social media for any updates on that um i'm also releasing a short called dysmorphia um the last week the last day of may um so like next week and so check that out it'll be on the fortune horseman youtube page um yeah just check social media for everything check out alina's social media for her art stuff and uh thank you guys for listening and stay safe and stay sane bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.